It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. And as the music would tell you, it is an Articles of News episode. What is this Cultural Hall that you've happened upon? Well, it is a weekly show available in podcast form, where some weeks there's lots of episodes and other weeks, other parts of my life takes over and we barely eke out one. Uh, Joining me as co-host today, it's Mr. Mayor, Andrew J. Mayor. Howdy. Uh, AJ. What's up, AJ? AJ? What's up, Very, very, very few people call me AJ. It, it, It is probably a five. My dad sometimes... And then the rest were my aunts on my dad's side. Well, I don't know if you know this. I was doing some uh, family history, some genealogy. Turns out I'm your aunt. You are? Okay. Well, then perfect. That's great. It's, it's a, I mean, it's a very, very bizarre kind of line. I'm not sure that uh, Family Search has it exactly correct. No, it wouldn't be exactly correct, especially since your, your gender doesn't match the typical aunt. So it would have to be a little bit. I think that anyone that would know me as an aunt or an uncle, I am not the typical aunt or uncle, uh, regardless. So maybe maybe the word gender nowadays is not the right word. Maybe it should be biological sex at birth. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> my biolog. Yes. My biological sex at birth would not denote that I would become an aunt. But here's the deal: is it aunt or aunt? That's a fight that we need to have. Oh, it is totally aunt. Okay. It needs to, you know, it, you know, have you seen, by the way, um, the Chip and Dale movie? Mm-mm. They have, um, I, uh, Paul, I did see, Paul Thund- Rudd's I, in it. I did see the thunder from down under, but I've not seen the Chip and Dale's movie. The Chip and Dale movie kind of fun. It's not the greatest movie in the whole world, uh-huh, uh-huh. but it was kind of fun. And they have Paul Rudd in there and he's basically, you know, just as himself. And he go, he's going off about how the original name of Ant-Man was Aunt-Man. Really? <laughs> and how that it was, a, it was just a really good aunt. Or he, anyway, it was a, anyway, it's really funny. Well, I need to check out the Chippendale. Uh, I have seen the Top Gun Maverick, which I enjoyed. I haven't seen any of the new movies that are coming, that came out recently because I went to Vegas for work mm-hmm. for four days or five Mm -hmm. days, something like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And uh, came back with the COVID. Mm -hmm. So I have done nothing. So you're catching me today. Just one day out of isolation. Good for you. And I am not good in isolation. (laughs) (laughs) How are you with COVID? See, I got it back in the fall of 20 when it was sort of, you know, cool to have it. (laughs) I know I waited. I waited till two years later. Yeah. Um, Give it the program, Mr. Mayor. I know everyone else program. had it when it was all up and coming. I waited. This is kind of typical. Like, you know, I, I didn't like Green Day until 10 years after. Well, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. No one did. No one did. Not really. Um, how, how but, are you? How are you feeling? Um, Better. Uh, it's amazing. I like if I'm just sitting here, I feel pretty good. So like the last day I had a fever was Saturday, I think. Okay. And so okay. so I, a few I, days ago, uh, a few days ago, it lasted almost the entire 10 days the last few days were just kind of coming out of after the last day i had a fever but yesterday i went for a walk just to take i'm like hey i'm out it's been i'm so happy and i just walked around i just it nearly killed me i swear just to go on a dumb little walk with my dog so it's not completely done in that regard it's like i i had to it was a lot of time catching my breath and this is not like a you know hey i'm not the the most 
athletic guy, but I sure. do regular walk walking, and it was not even a t- uh, a long walk. It was a very short walk. Now some of that might have been because I late literally was mostly in bed for ten days, or didn't move around. I was isolated to this half of the house, and I was a prisoner. My wife would bring me food, kind of like they would set it outside the door. <laughs> and then you didn't try and slide it under that's smart because most residential homes not enough room to slide food under yeah there there it is so she just set it on the she'd come up and set it on the uh stair rail because it's wide enough to set stuff on and and say here's your food <laughs> and then that's what so she didn't get it no no i was smart enough well so as i was in vegas the last day one of my other colleagues wasn't feeling well Mm -hmm. and so even though i didn't have any symptoms when i got off the plane before i hugged my wife or did anything like that in fact i still haven't hugged her because she's still kind of even though i'm out of isolation she wants me still stay in kind of a way anyway so i took the test right when i got off the plane and i was like well i guess i'll just walk to this other side of so i didn't even come within six feet of her before taking the test, didn't hug her, didn't do anything. And then I just went right to my isolation. Yeah, but how did Take you get this. home from the airport? Well, I drove myself. Okay. You had your own car. My car. Yeah. My, my drive company yourself. Will, I drive myself to the airport. Okay. My company pays for parking. So I drive. Did, my, did it seem at all like your company was like, yeah, right. Mr. Mayor. No. Listen, we had, we did the COVID thing a couple of years ago. Get back to work. Put a mask on. Pretty much everyone who attended this tech conference uh-huh. at my company, and not just my company, it was a big super spreader. <laughs> um, we all got it. We okay. everyone, Good. every one of us. Good. Good. Yeah, we we really, but it was very successful event. <laughs> so which I guess it's worth COVID. It's interesting too because I'm not sure if people that are listening to this episode so far, they're like, I thought you guys talked about news from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We always do this kind of opening uh, exercises kind of thing. But what I realize uh, without even realizing it until this very moment, but you have answered an eternal question that some people may have. Do you realize this? No, because I have no idea what question you're even talking about. The, The question is, is does what happened in Vegas stay, oh, stay there in no, Vegas? I brought it right home. No, you brought it right home. Yeah. Let that be a lesson, gentlemen. The other and thing ladies. about Vegas is that I always have to have a spiritual shower yeah. when I come home. Yeah. Actually, actually, we stayed pretty well off the strip. Um, we were we stayed off the strip and we were just in the convention center. This was probably the first time I've been in Vegas, even for work, where I didn't feel like I was intruded upon in a very unwelcome way that is normally the part of Vegas where you normally, when I go to Vegas, you you see those on the surface, the lights and the fun seem so great. And then you get there and you walk anywhere and the seedy underbelly is just right there. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you enjoy brother Osmond's show while you were there? I didn't. Oh, come on, Andrew. Yeah. Here's something interesting. I found out, as I was flying home, and I'm actually glad I didn't see him, my brother was in town. We were two or three blocks away from each other. He was seeing the Weird Al Yankovic concert, and I, <laughs> and I, I, I didn't even know he was there, and he didn't know I was there. But I'm glad because I didn't. He was there on Friday, and I would have almost 100% given him COVID. Yeah, yeah. So, well, good. I'm glad you didn't get to see your brother. 
I'm glad you didn't see Weird Al. I'm glad you didn't see Brother Osmond. Good for you. I would have loved to see Weird Al, and I would have loved to see Brother Osmond. Well, but uh, didn't have time for that. So uh, as we look towards news here in a minute, I'm just trying to think about anything that's kind of, uh, you know, new, sort of exciting on my end. I'm I'm now You're collecting fi- books. It sounds like you. Yeah. LDS books. books. If anyone is listening to this and has uh, old LDS books, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints books, I'd love them. Are uh, they are you looking for specifically like Deseret book like? Like no, official no, no, church no. Just, no, or things that are in relation to they it. could be in relation, but what I'm not interested in is like, um, you know, it's a romance novel by <laughs> Brother Mayor, who is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. That's that's not the stuff that I'm interested in. Obviously, the older the better, and no, I'm not going to pay for it. I what might about consider anti paying. stuff. Uh, I mean. I, yeah, my my feeling about the word anti and anti stuff is sort of different. So without getting too much in the weeds of that, I would consider uh, gathering that stuff. But lest anyone feel like I might be questioning my testimony or something like that. I, I just think, think there's it's a, fun a difference thing to between critical yeah. and anti. Right. Anti is written propaganda. That's sure. And I don't targeted. think there's very much of that. Yeah. I think there no. is some of that. I don't think there's much. There of is that. some of that. And it's really poorly written like you can tell it right off the bat yeah it's yeah. like i don't know i guess you'd have to be kind of weak-minded to have that brother mayor brother mayor don't throw no the, but the critical stuff the critical stuff can make you think at all levels that's the well-written stuff yeah and critical stuff can be everyone from someone who's very much in the church i think i think uh rough stone rolling could be considered critical in a in a positive sense right sure. um but it can also be quite a, a, against the church. And so I, but I think it, if it's written well, that's more on the critical side. And I'd rather be on the critical, I, that weird propaganda where it's just a bunch of an almost anti-marketing fluff, that kind of stuff. I don't right. care. Right. I, uh, interestingly enough, something that you said brings up this idea to me, we are doing a future episode of the cultural hall. This will probably actually be a Facebook live available for everybody to get about religious relational trauma and how sometimes um, what occurs is that we have a relationship sort of with the church, right? What we believe in, what we trust in, whatever. And then when that is broken, or something ends up being not as we thought it was not that it wasn't always that thing, but it ends up being something different, but it causes a trauma within us. We're going to talk about how you can deal with trauma because having a conversation relatively recently uh, with, uh, with someone who works in that space talked about how some, for some folks, they aren't able to make their way through the trauma that the church causes. And that's why they end up leaving the church. It isn't necessarily the doctrine or, you know, something like that, that they find themselves at odds with. It's that they don't process the trauma that came from thinking one thing, finding out it's something else, and then being able to, you know, kind of come, come around on that. So an interesting episode for, to the future, for sure. I definitely would be interested in that one. Though. And the culture behind, behind it really definitely just like, takes a knife and drives it in farther right because uh-huh. someone who has go through that goes through that trauma likely um and historically anyway likely does not find the best um support system to help with that sure 
Sure. And we don't talk about it enough. So future episode of the Culture Hall, you know what's coming up? Because we're going to take a break. We've got actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. BestDJinUtah.com, that is the website if you would like to hire me to come and to be at your event. Now, uh, I've done weddings and uh, family reunions, and I've had the opportunity to gather with folks just uh, for a party. I have yet to do a funeral uh, and so I, I don't want to say it with such exuberance, but I'm willing to play the music at a funeral. And I know that some people have really started to turn uh, the passing of someone into a party. Not that we're celebrating that they're gone. No, that's not what I'm saying. Take that back. Come on, Richie. I'm just saying the opportunity to be able to gather and celebrate the life of an individual. This suddenly got really dark and I didn't mean it to. The point is, if uh, you have an event, an activity that you need music to be played for, why not considering consider rather hiring me? Uh, you go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops with breaking news. Windows 11 is now here. It's fast and it's beautiful. So let's make sure your computer's ready to run it. Bring your PC into any PC Laptops right now at PCLaptops.com. PCLaptops.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Uh, tons of news and still gathering stuff from, uh, from the past from the uh, the deep, dark past uh, as we try and catch up on episodes. Listen, I think I finally got this work from home thing a little bit under uh, under control. Uh, the month of June being a wedding DJ is insanely busy. July seems like it's going to be a little bit less. I'm going on vacation, so I'm making some plans. I'm planning ahead, but it seems like we might catch up. All to say, uh, some of the news that that I may share today may be a little bit older. Like, for example, this story. Um, there is a uh, missionary that is serving as a service missionary. He's from New Zealand, and he's serving in New Zealand. And you're thinking, big deal, so what? Who cares? Lots of people serve service missionaries. That's not to downplay his service, right? But you're thinking, why would that be uh, an actual news article that we That's would share? That's exactly what I was Well, he is the first service missionary to serve in New Zealand. He was born in New Zealand. Uh, then they moved to the United States while living in Arizona. He had lots of friends that were leaving on missions. He decided that he wanted to serve. In 2018, the church created service missions for those who have the desire but who have physical, emotional, or mental health challenges, called to serve in New Zealand, and it was New Zealand's first service missionary. New Zealand doesn't have never had another that, service. That's missionary. what I thought was crazy. He settled in Hamilton, which is in New Zealand for people who don't know, and found out that the service missionary program was not yet available in New Zealand. So he had to wait a little bit and then I wonder if there's a new and an old one. Because it seems like when I it seems like service missionaries were a thing 
uh, like with temple building and everything else back in the day. And I, I was, I'm just curious if it really is the first service missionary or under the new program of service missionaries. I'm just it's curious. interesting that you ask because the article goes on to say the Smiths that is Nagate and Tweedy Smith, Tweedy being a name, which is the coolest name ever. P.S. Tweedy Smith of Hamilton, New Zealand. They were asked to lead the new service missionary program in New Zealand because for years, to your point, Mr. Mayor, they had had service missionaries that had been called by local leaders and served ah. in their assigned local communities. So this is more like general service missionaries kind of coming from Salt Lake as opposed to correct local service. Okay. Yeah. So congratulations, Elder Smith. You know, I do like it's Tweedy Smith. Is that was yeah. his name? Uh-huh. Tweedy. And I'm not sure because it's Nagate and Tweedy. I'm not sure who is the elder and who is the sister in that situation. That's that's a good name, though. Yeah. That, that, I mean, I mean, in a, in a day, she's she should be all over social media with that. Name. Yeah, he or she. We don't know that Tweedy yeah. is. They. You're, you're assigning. You're assigning they. Tweedy the feminine. I'm not sure that that's well, the case. We'll just keep it. We'll keep it neutral. Keep, keep it. They, they meaning keep it one. They. Yeah, we'll find <laughs> out. Maybe they listen to the show that i don't know maybe they do if you do <laughs> write us at contact at culturalhall.com thank you very much what what do you have okay Mom, excuse me sorry still have the covid um i was uh i was reading uh some of my favorite things on facebook o- over this weekend because it was father's day father's mm-hmm. day and, and because uh, you were in quarantine and couldn't go anywhere and i couldn't go anywhere um and so did you hear about the family that left all their possessions behind to dwell in the wilderness? No. It was intense. Ooh. <laughs> These were Father's Day jokes published by LDS Living. Um, uh, and so I thought I'd read a few of these Father's Day That's jokes. so bad. Father's you know, Day dad jokes. Now, is, isn't, the, isn't the, in true LDS Living fashion, isn't it like, 14 uh dad jokes for father's day that will have you guffawing That's or exactly. 14 cheesy latter-day saint dad jokes you can't help but laugh at there it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um, I'll, hit me with another one i'm ready i'm ready in sunday school they asked if i was listening what a strange way to start a lesson i don't get it uh it probably won't okay and basically they asked him i hate to have to explain a joke but i guess we're going to explain a joke uh-huh. Uh-huh. if you if, if the way they start if the first thing you heard was hey are you listening that is a strange way to start the lesson okay fair <laughs> <laughs> give me another one of these hilarious please um okay okay what do you call it when batman skips church hmm I don't know. What do you call it? Christian Bale. Okay. Okay. Last one. Yeah. Give me one more because these have been. This wait, is a what's dad the, what's and the, son. What's the headline again? What's the headline again? 14 cheesy uh-huh. Latter-day Saint jokes. You can't help but laugh. I've been able to help it. Sorry, Eldest <laughs> Living. I've been able to help it. Okay. Last one. Uh-huh. This is a dad and a son. Did uh-huh. you know the dad? Did you know that I'm named after Captain Maroni, the son? But your name is John, the dad. Yes, but I'm named after Captain Maroni. 
That is like one of your messages on Facebook. <laughs> I did one very similar to that. I re- that recently. I said I'm named after my brother, Tim. Yeah, because <laughs> Tim is your older brother. He's my older brother. Yep. So, but you don't have to take his word for it. Ba bum bum. Uh, there was an I interesting. Can, I can give LDS Living a run for its money. Give me a, a day or two, and I'll come up with some better ones. Yeah, I I looked if I want to if I'm being completely honest. I looked to see if the author of that of those fourteen jokes was you. <laughs> because you are a writer and you do uh you know you put stuff out in the world crap yeah yeah you write some <laughs> dumb stuff i was like is this mr oh it's not okay my right. wife always asked me about like, why do you say those dumb things i'm like it's as much so it's more for me than for sure. anyone else sure the things that you go that was really terrible i laugh at because it was so terrible and I find it funny just by putting it out there. Anyway, so it's a weird humor that I Yeah, have. it's the best kind of humor. Stand-up comedians known for just trying to make themselves laugh yeah. in front of an audience. That's why it's that's why I only have Facebook jokes. <laughs> there that's was why I lose uh, a lot of friends too. There was an article. This is um, from the Daily Mail, so automatically people will dismiss it about Diana Ragsdale. She's written a book. Uh, about her leaving the church. The only reason that I bring this up is it was interesting to note because this came out at the same time as everything with the mom talk. Mom talk being the thing on uh, on TikTok about the uh, the soft swinging that we mentioned in a couple of previous episodes. Well, it's interesting because Diana Ragsdale, who is 63, she lives in Salt Lake. She grew up with her mother, Joyce, who is in and out of the psych ward and a delusional and suicidal father, Uh, talks about how both of her parents uh, smoked, drank, they were swingers and hid their illicit activities from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She talks about it, uh, about having an abusive and neglectful childhood, all within the auspices of the, uh, you know, being in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The thing that I thought was most interesting is uh, she officially left the church in 2016, so not until she was like 56. I mean, you're not under the, you know, the the guidance of your parents beyond what, 20, 25, maybe. Um, but that she stayed within the church for that long and they picked it up on the Today Show. So there was a lot of uh, hubbub sort of around her and that book. And I just I, so I kind of found I hate to use this term. Was she active in the elders or just a member? Because Yeah, I I get every impression that she was a participating active member of the church. And then sometime in 2016 said, nah, I'm out, I'm out. And yet, yeah, it's it's interesting how long someone will hold on to obvious concepts and ideas. Maybe it's just she believes it's true, but or has believed it's true, but just couldn't live within it. I don't know. I It, it seems strange that you'd go that long. Yeah. But, yeah, it, but, does, it does for sure. Maybe there's a lot of family and cultural things and everything else keeping, keeping that. Maybe, you know, I don't know. It's, I can't always say that I've always followed this. <laughs> sure, the, sure. Even though I believed it. So I guess I can't really go there. So. Uh, and, and then speaking of another book, and I just saw this yesterday, there is a book that is called When the Moon Turns to Blood. This is a book by Leah Satilli uh, about the Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. It's called Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell, and a story of murder, wild faith, and end times. Now, if you hear the name Leah Satilli and you think, oh, that name sort of sounds familiar to me. Uh, Leah is the host and sort of um, 
backbone of the Bundyville, Ammon and Cliven Bundy, oh. the uh, the podcast that she did two seasons of, um, and goes deep, deep into uh, you know their their background, where they come from, how they feel justified in what they're doing, and so uh, she has this brand new book out. Uh, that it's called When the Moon Turns to Blood. So if you are someone that has been following with our coverage with Nate Eaton from the East Idaho News about that horrible, horrible case, those two members of the church now technically not members of the church, but at the time they committed these egregious acts were members of the church. Uh, you can find more about that book. It's 30 bucks. And we're hoping to get Leah here in the cultural hall. We were going to have her on with Bundyville back in the day and never got it to work out. Now that she's got the new project, hopefully we can get her to come in and and talk Let's a just have her do a Netflix documentary. I don't think I want to sit and immerse myself in a book about moon blood. <laughs> well, I mean, you know where it comes from, right? Is the sign of the second coming yeah, and yeah. part of the teachings that Chad and Lori had sort of adopted and were teaching people. So, no, I get that. I'm just meaning when I really think about that case, it's one of those cases I can't get enough of but i want to get enough of yeah you want to put it in the past and be like yeah. but on the other hand since it's until it's like fully resolved and they're through their trials and all that stuff i'll probably always be going you know every few weeks going typing in on my google valo just to see what new news comes up well, and we've tried to do a pretty good job here in the cultural hall about being able to talk about it, because if if you're a new listener or you're like, why are they talking about some of these stories? We talk about anything and everything around the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So the good stuff, the the, the faithful, inspira- inspiring stuff, and also the things that make us go, oh, man, I need to watch out for that. And in my ward, in my stake, in my neighborhood, you know, is that true? Is that a doctrine that was once taught? Whatever the things may be, we'll talk all about it because we because, you know. It, it matters. It's something that's being talked it about. It definitely does. And I do want to know about it. I'm glad glad we do talk about it. Yeah. I just also partly don't want to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Partly do. <laughs> I can respect that. What, uh, what other stories do you have? So did you know um, the California temple has been redesigned already? It hasn't even broke. Well, I guess they broke ground. You're today. talking about the Yorba Linda temple. The Yorba Linda temple. That's right. It was redesigned. Interesting. Now it, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you before you get too far because you are I agree. You I, are I, treading, I, treading on temple ticker information and stay in your lane, Mr. Mayor. I you're right. All I wanted to do is that I, the the temple, they moved the spire from the middle to the front. That's all they did, but they also shortened it a little bit. But they, but that's all. They, they. I just think it's interesting how even up to groundbreaking, they're still redesigning the temple. Now, here's why I mentioned it though, because I, th- I immediately grabbed it because I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if, if it broke your, your? I'm, I'm waiting for the day that they're going to stick a new Moroni on a temple, just so they're I can not say, going to. just so I can say, see, you're wrong. Nope, they're not gonna. They're not gonna. And here, and here's the deal. You missed a perfectly good opportunity to make the joke that they changed the temple for the Yorba Linda temple because they were inspired. <laughs> You're right. I missed that one. Boo. That was I hate myself. I spend too much time with you. Yeah, you definitely do. Uh, 
so let me ask you this. How many times, I mean, let's, let's be a little uh, speculative. Let's be a little like, uh, I, you know, I'm surprised that an individual could be married that many times. How many times is that many times for you? Like I've been married now. This is my second time being married. I feel like that's okay. I don't I've feel been married like, two times myself. Yeah. Yep. I, I feel like people, when they find out that we would be married two times, that they wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, two times. That's a lot. I can like, even see three. And, okay. and here's why. You have the first one. You might have been too young. Okay. The second one might have been just you moved too quick. Sure. And it isn't until those two situations happen that you really know. know okay. I'm going to lock down. And before I get married again, the mm-hmm. third one is really good. So I'll even give you a three. Okay. Beyond three, minus some extreme circumstances, which there may be. Um, I think you start wondering why. I mean, even at three, you're like, oh, that was quite a bit. But then when you get to four or five, six, you start going, okay. It's kind of like that that marching band with one guy out of step. But that one guy thinks he's the one that's out of step. You start wondering, is it is it him instead of just uh-huh. the circumstances or is it her, whoever it is? Like you start wondering, what is the problem with this person that causes that they keep getting married and then they keep having problems? Like, so so you're so you're I just want to make sure I'm understanding correctly. You're saying up to three. OK, four and maybe, beyond, maybe a lot, maybe. And that's a, a big, big maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I think that you would like if someone got married super young, then they yeah. rebounded super quick, and then the third one passed away from some sort of illness, Correct. and then they fell into a fourth. Yeah, there's you always would, yeah, yeah, the yeah, ex- yeah. circumstances, yeah. but I think in general, you'd start to at least ask deeper questions that go that make you because to help you understand it more. There is a TV show on TLC called Addicted to Marriage, and it recently featured one Monette Diaz a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who has been married 11 times. Ooh. That's double-digit marriages. I wonder, and this speculates this, she got married six days after graduating uh, from high school. I would be curious if it is uh, because her first nine marriages were because she wanted to have sex while abiding by her religious faith, which says sex before marriage is a sin. I think that's very common. The thing that I think is most fascinating uh, of the 11 times that she's been married, two of those times have been to the same person. So ah. she went she went back to one of the you know previous gentlemen and said, let's try this again. I think maybe we could give this a second go. Isn't that a Jeff Foxworthy joke about rednecks that, uh, you know, if you've been married, if you've been married and divorced six times, all to the same person. Yeah, I I did not know. Uh, But yeah, so so 11 times she was married to her first husband uh, for 10 years before they got divorced. So a lot of these have been fairly quick. She's been proposed to for over 28 times. and I, and I just find, I find it a fascinating thing um, because, because how would I, how do I describe this? Like, like at some point, well, I don't know, maybe do I even want to go down this road? Like at, uh, uh, like at some point, do we look at 
like the the idea of uh, like chastity and marriage and all that? And do we look at ourselves and realize that we're sort of missing the point mm-hmm. of what I, that thing is trying to teach? Right. And I, I don't know, Monette, I'm going to try and get her into the cultural hall because I would love to talk to her about that and see how much of it it, it was. But like at, at some at some point, I feel like that that teaching that, you know, instruction of like, hey don't have sex outside of marriage. I'm not saying that it ever should be permissible. That's not what I'm saying. But like at the point that you're like marrying so that you can do that, like there's something maybe I out of order. about about their, their mental health, obviously. At 11 marriages, mental health is as much my concern as anything, is their hmm. spiritual. So some, you know, it'd be interesting to hear someone like uh, Dr. Hanks who's a regular member, you know, regularly comes on the show, uh, have her talk about maybe why someone might, why those kinds of things happen. I'd be very interested to know because, because I think, I think in the church, we often move to, did they miss the point? Did they miss? And, and I, I think that that's possibly true, but I wonder if it's at a deeper level that even if they got the point of marriage and they understand the point of marriage, can they, are they emotionally stable enough to, to hmm. process it and deal with it because at 11 marriages i mean you're either narcissistic and you're just trying to grab things off but i don't think that's true of most people and i doubt that that's true about this this lady are, you, but are you just maybe hopeful that you find yeah maybe yeah and maybe you know what it is wrongly hopeful or maybe you have some other need that you can't be alone like the hmm. moment she gets divorced Maybe there's something inside her that says, I've, I've got to immediately go find someone new. Because at 11 marriages, even spread out over, if you were, that's, let's say you only were married two years for each one, which, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's 22 years, right, of, of marriage and not marriage, right? And here's one of the reasons I make the joke about my, um, I have a family member, and I'm not going to say exactly who, who was separated from her. Her husband, my uncle, I was going to say, well, just, shoot, not your uncle, uh, not my uncle, but your uncle. Um, anyone but my uncle. Anyway, separated um, and and um, like a ton of times and and divorced at least six, all remarrying the same. Now, now um, my uncle, who's who this is a, my aunt who did this was is my actual relative. My uncle married in. The, I, I always look at that. She was very wonderful lady, but at times very unstable hmm. um, and dealt with bipolar and depression and all kinds of things. And I, I'm, I'm making those up because I doubt she was ever diagnosed. Hmm. I'm just going by who she, but one of the most loving ladies I've ever met in my life. Sure. Um, and yet, you know, I think my my uncle spent more money on divorces with from her. She, you know, and she'd have these moments and she'd take off for and take money and spend money. And it was just a, it's I, so I, that's why I kind of go with it. It's like, I, I think, I think that there gets to be a point where I wonder if it's the mental, their mental health. That's at question, not their spiritual health. I'd love to talk to her. So if anyone knows Monette Diaz, uh, married 11 times. And and I will say this. She says she looks forward to the 12th. 
Okay. Uh, I'd love to be able to. I'd love to be able to talk to her. Uh, I want the, to know more about that story. So yeah, the get her on. A, the HFAC, that is uh, the Harris Fine Arts Center at BYU. Uh, Not the HVAC. Yeah, like, I I literally until the story came out, and I worked at BYU for three years. Thought the building was called the HVAC. I never asked why. It just sounds the same as HVAC Harris Fine Arts Center. Uh, they're going to tear it down and get a new building. Are they uh, going to call it the Harris Fine Arts Center? You know, that is an interesting thing that um, I don't actually know that I know. The new building, it's going to be five stories. I can tell you that. Uh, I can tell you that um, the college um, that uh, that is of uh, performing arts that was housed in the Harris Fine Arts Building will be taking over the Provo High School campus. In the meantime, uh, it was the HVAC was was uh, dedicated in 1965. It has unique structure. The music building is going to move as well uh, because they have a new music building. I don't know if it's going to be the Harris Fine Arts Center. I would like. I also don't know who Harris is. That would tell me that it's the Harris Fine Arts Center. Someone in the culture hall knows who Harris is, and we need to find out. So, I mean, I bet I could find out with a quick Google search while yeah. you're telling me the next articles of news. Well, so we're talking about fine arts, the choir. Again, I always do the choir. Updates. Of course. I love the choir. Um, they're doing a special choir event on July 15th through the 16th um, at the conference center. At 8 p.m., uh, tickets are free. It's called Love Thy Neighbor. Um, and it, it's, it's designed to, obviously, I mean, it's, it's designed to focus on the, the aspect of compassion within the gospel. So it, it, uh, uh, it, says, it says, and this is just reading right on, 2,000 years ago, the biblical command was given in response to questioners seeking to identify which is the greatest commandment? The Gospel of Matthew records Jesus' answer. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the, fo that's the focus. That's the, the program. I'm, I'm really interested in it, and I can't attend. I live in Texas. so Come. I, I would well, I would love to. and I, need I can to. Let, I'll let you camp in my side lot. That's true. I, I can. I, I should just bring my car and sleep in my car in your side. <laughs> yeah, perfectly fine. I can you buy want a tent. Do you want to know who the Harris Fine Arts Center uh, is named after? Okay. Who's it's this? not Martin Harris, although that would be a good guess that I had in my mind. It's Franklin Stewart Harris, who was president of BYU from July 1921 until June 1945. He was also the president of Utah State University from 1945 to 1950. His administration was the longest in BYU history and saw the granting of the first, first master's degree from Brigham oh, wow. Young University. So how about that? So he's got quite the history there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the we haven't reported on this here in the cultural hall about the uh, shots fired at Hale Kimura guy doing a little uh, little target practice. Little is that really what he was doing? He's just sitting over there. I mean, is that really what he was doing? That's what he claims to have been doing is arrested and, uh, you know, as I understand it, um, sentenced. Uh, a shooter shot as many as two dozen rounds from a tree line, tw twice striking the Hill Camorra Visitor Center, 
uh, up in Manchester, New York on Wednesday afternoon. This is several Wednesdays ago now. 80 people were at the visitor center at the time of the shooting. According to the report, the news outlet said the gunfire triggered a massive police response, including a SWAT team. Um, so it depends. I mean, it's okay. If he's, if he's using something like a AR uh, weapon, like a assault rifle, mm-hmm. maybe 22 shots. Maybe you, without realizing, but if, if that's the case and he's hitting buildings and stuff, he must have been just oblivious I, to what yeah, he was I, doing. Yeah. I don't see that just, I, I mean, unless he has some mental instability or something like that, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it seems to me that maybe it was, you know, personal and then it's just like, ah, yeah, no, I was a uh, target shooting because was, how could you with any sort shooting of the Camorra building? Yeah. <laughs> that well, was my and, target. Or, or, or let's give it, let's give him full benefit of the doubt, right? Let's say that there was a target that he was shooting at. You have to see that there's a building behind <laughs> that <laughs> target, I mean. right? Like there's no way. I, so, don't, know. I don't know. It, if based on his, response he either has to be really stupid or lying yeah and i'm not saying he's he's lying in a way that he was intending to kill people or what i just there's just something off and you're not saying he's stupid either i'm not saying he's stupid i just say he'd have to be (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate that uh let's move on from that there's a new uh church history museum exhibition um there was the 12th international art competition um that has been announced and what's going on at the uh, church history museum in downtown salt lake is that they are showing a bunch of art from all over the world nearly 150 pieces of art from latter-day saint artists um that are selected as part of this competition the theme uh, is, uh, let me see. I thought I had this. Well, we hope to encourage the creation of quality art, showcase the breadth and diversity of Latter-day Saint cultural production and purchase art for the Church History Museum collection that helps to represent who we are as a people. So uh, the uh, the artwork had 850 submissions into that competition and 150 were chosen, and it will go through, uh, I think, April of 2023. So if you're in Salt Lake for, you know, general conference or for something else, visiting family, a lot of family reunions in the summertime, go check that out. It's a, a, a pretty cool, I have not yet been, but plan to go, a pretty cool uh, art exhibit there at the Church History Museum. So some of my favorite artists are the impressionists like Cezanne, is it no, Monet? Uh-huh, like uh-huh, Monet, uh-huh. But, but truthfully, Rich Little did the best Johnny Carson. <laughs> People have turned this off. What else you got? Um, I don't have anything else. Um, I, I have the, I do have the thing. So I was impressed by Rusty Bowers. Oh yeah, um, good. I'm glad you were going to go here because that's where I was headed next. I mean, it, it really so. Rusty Bowers, member of the Church of Jesus Christ, also the Republican Speaker of the Arizona House, recently testified for the January sixth hearings that are going on, which you know is the greatest TV done in F. It's like Disney Plus. They're like putting they bring them out every few days, and so mm-hmm. you get mm-hmm. it's like the brand new episode. It's like I'm just waiting for the next one. Um, anyway, Rusty Bowers um testified and he 
he talked about how he here's what here's his quote he says it is a tenet of my faith that the constitution is divinely inspired one of my most basic foundational beliefs for me to do that uh, because someone asked me to is foreign and what i'm what he's meaning when he do that is is somehow uh a f- illegally change the election or not certify the votes is what he he was asked to do for me to do that because somebody asked me to do is foreign to me my very being i will not do it i just love the that you know he just went back to his faith and showed that that was where he gains his center because the and it's great to see within this organization with january 6th the caprina moroni idiot that's up there really that there are members of the church not democratic members of the church republican members of the church which i know a lot of the trumpers out there will say he's a rhino Republican, Republican in name only. In fact, but, Donald Trump himself called him that on the phone. Oh, did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what kills me is they can throw that term out to anyone who they disagree, who disagrees with them. Sure. Even people who were, that's what I, you know, Rusty Bowers and other people likely supported Trump until Trump asked him to change the election. And now he's a rhino. And yet he was a supporter of Trump. He was a supporter of Republican values. He was a supporter, at least of the Republican Party, <laughs> which at the time meant that he was, based on all the Republicans I know, I'll bet you Rusty Bauer supported Trump, even if he didn't like him. I don't know. Well, no, he I mean, he said, I voted for you. I want you to win. This is the thing that I cannot do because of I my, can't of, see of the, the oath. side of the Trumpers can make this leap of all these people who were supporters and 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 reviewed the evidence, reviewed what was given to them, reviewed what was going on and and said, I can't this is this isn't right. And then now they're they're against them. And it, it took just that that amount of thing. It, uh, so I just applaud Rusty Bowers for standing up for his beliefs. I'm not a Republican or Democrat. I'm very much a libertarian, um, but I tend to lean more Republican. And um, uh, I I just I appreciate uh, what he's done. That's all. The Internet, because this was fairly recently, is having a heyday with him because I was reading a, a Twitter thread this morning that was like, how much into Rusty Bowers testimony testimony and obviously the testimony of the January 6th hearing, not like religious testimony. But how far into his testimony uh, did it take? for you to recognize that he's a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And some, you know, some people are like his cadence. He sounds like a general authority. Uh, Someone, you know, is talking about when he's talking about the oath that he said, someone that he said, uh, when he said that the constitution is divinely inspired, they were like, that's the ticket. That's the thing right there. And there's there, you know, I don't want to go too far into this, but he's talking about an interaction that he had, um, with uh, Rudy Giuliani and also with Donald Trump about how they say they have names, 200,000 names of people that uh, allegedly voted in Arizona, but, you know, were illegal immigrants uh, or were dead. I love how he went went down those two. And he's like, this was proven. They said they had this, not many names of illegal immigrants there. What we, we looked into it. It was zero. There was this many felons. We looked into it. There was 75. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, he went down and gave the real numbers. And it was it's so cool to watch him just go tick by tick. 
but but it's funny because Rusty at one point he said, so I asked the president and Ruli Giuliani, he said, I asked them, do you have the names? And they said they do not. Or, 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 and he asked, will you give them to me? It's just very borderline <laughs> some speech that was familiar to a lot of people. And even in the same cadence. And if you watch it, it almost is as if he it was so familiar in his head that at the next line of what he said, he had to be very aware that what he was saying was not Something temple you, verbiage, which, yeah. you know, the the word for word stuff from the temple. People, some people are like, I can't believe that you would say that that's sacred and, and, you know, secret and all those things. I think that the, the covenants and those are the things that are sacred that the delivery, you know, maybe not so much, or maybe that's just my blasphemous. I'm sure, I'm sure there's lots of people who will call you blasphemous and another lot of people who won't think it's that big of a deal. So. Uh, just I will. I, however, will call you blasphemous. Thank you. <laughs> As for me in my house, we <laughs> shall you, call you blasphemous. You are. You are. I'll just call you blasphemous. A uh, couple other things, and then we'll wrap this sucker out. Uh, if you go back and listen to episode two sixty nine, which, if you're a Patreon saint of the Cultural Hall, is a lot easier for you to do. Episode two sixty nine is Wallace Jeffs, uh, the thirty. I want to say thirty fourth son. Nope. Sorry, thirtieth child of Rulon Jeffs. Uh, so Warren Jeffs is Wallace Jeffs' brother. Uh, he's prominently featured in the Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey series that's available right now on Netflix, which if you're watching it, you can get our sort of perspective on our interaction with Wallace Jeffs. That's about seven or eight years ago that we did that interview. You can find that, listen to it, tell me what you think. If you're not watching Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey, it is triggering in some ways. Obviously, this is about the FLDS church, but there is a lot of uh, Mormon-adjacent sort of things. Within Seems it. like every few years we get influx of polygamy stuff under the banner of heaven and this one, and then it just kind of dies down for a while. It's like these waves that come up of, 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 a, of a, these stories about extreme sides of the church. Yeah, well, I mean, people like to know the extreme stuff. There was a, a recent article, uh, I think it was Hannah Syriac, who writes for Deseret News or Deseret who said, you know what, they need to write more about just regular members of the church. And I just think, you know what, no one is reading articles about regular people. We write things when they do heroic, you know, massive, extreme, great things. And we write about and do movies and stories about when people do extreme, horrible things. That's If you that's, really look at it, it's pretty balanced. You've got your LDS livings that is just doing a ton of that stuff. And then you have other other news organizations that write what's what's real news like this is mm-hmm. extraordinary because you know because it's extraordinary good or bad and they're going to write about that that's that makes sense to me yeah yeah uh and then so i guess we leave we'll leave uh this episode on two things uh let me i'm just scrolling back in my news actually three things i want to get to because i don't want to let the one get too far there was a missionary in um, Mexico who passed away. Latter-day Saint missionary died last Friday from injuries sustained in a bicycle accident in Mexico. Uh, Elder Francisco René Lamadrid of Merida, uh, Merida, Mexico, died in Mexico City where he'd been serving since March 21st in the Mexico City East Mission. Um, it is much, with much sadness that we share that that missionary has passed. He was wearing a helmet, but slippery conditions left him unable to negotiate a turn on his bike at the bottom of a steep hill. 
Um, so that also going back to what we were just talking about, there is another new series that comes out on uh, Hulu that's called Mormon No More that's starting to get a little bit of buzz. This is uh, about two women who um, married uh, in the church, I believe both in the temple to you know, men, started a family and then um, recognized that they were both queer and decided uh, to you know, that they loved women instead and then marry each other. And so it follows the story of these two families um, and talks quite a bit about, you know, their experience in the LGBTQ plus community. I'd be more interested in that than some of the polygamous stuff, just because I think it's, it's, it's more topical. Like it, it's going to affect more people. Sure. Good or bad. I'd be more interested in that. But so you can check you can check that out. That comes out on the twenty fourth of June over on Hulu, which apparently has quite the crush on uh, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. All the things they're doing. Just want to keep talking about us. Listen, we we see you, Hulu. It's waves. I tell you, okay. it comes in waves. It'll go next year. It'll be like quiet in that regard, and then the year after that, it'll just come waving. Maybe it'll as we get closer to the end of the world, which is only two or three years away. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, in um, our life, it'll get, it'll, the waves will get worse. It comes upon us wave on wave. Uh, the last thing that I want to share, and this is, this is kind of cool. Uh, a while back, um, there was a story about the, um, the bear Lake monster. You ever Ooh, heard about the bear Lake monster? I have. It, I, w- yeah. I was just at bear Lake and did you see it? I well listen I need to share with you because you may not know about the Bear Lake monster. So here to give us the dramatic reading uh from BYU Radio's The Appleseed it is Sam Payne telling us uh the story of the Bear Lake monster. All lakes, caves and dens have their legendary histories. Tradition loves to throw her magic wand over beautiful dells and lakes and people them with fairies, giants, and monsters of various kinds. Bear Lake has also its monster tale to tell, and when I have told it, I will leave you to judge whether or not its merits are merely traditionary. The Indians say there is a monster animal which lives in the lake that is captured and carried away Indians while in the lake swimming but they say it has not been seen by them for many years, not since the buffalo inhabited the valley. They represent it as being of the serpent kind, but having legs about 18 inches long on which they sometimes crawl out of the water a short distance on the shore. They also say it spurts water upwards out of its mouth. Since the settlement of this valley, several persons have reported seeing a huge animal of some kind that they could not describe but such persons have generally been alone when they saw it, and but little credence have been attached to the matter, and until this summer, the monster question had about died out. About three weeks ago, Mr. S. M. Johnson, who lived on the east side of the lake at a place called South Eden, was going to the Sound Valley settlement, six miles to the south of this place, and when about halfway, he saw something in the lake which at the time he thought to be a drowned person. The road being some little distance from the water's edge, he rode to the bench, and the waves were running pretty high. 
He thought it would soon wash into shore. In a few minutes, two or three feet of some kind of animal that he'd never seen before were raised out of the water. He did not see the body, only the head and what he supposed to be part of the neck. It had ears or bunches on the side of its head, nearly as large as a pint cup. The waves, at times, would dash over its head when it would throw water from its mouth or nose. It did not drift landward, but appeared stationary, with the exception of turning its head. Mr. Johnson thought a portion of the body must lie at the bottom of the lake, or it would have drifted with the action of the water. This is Mr. Johnson's version, as he told me. The next day, an animal of a monster kind was seen near the same place by a man and three women who said it was swimming when they first saw it. They represented as being very large and say it was much faster than a horse could run on land. These recent discoveries again revived the monster question. Those who had seen it before brought in their claims anew, and many people began to think the story was not altogether moonshine. On Sunday last, as N.C. Davis and Alan Davis of St. Charles and Thomas Slight and J. Collings of Paris, with six women, were returning from Fishhaven, and about midway from the latter-named place to St. Charles, their attention was suddenly attracted to a peculiar motion or wave in the water, about three miles distant. The lake was not rough, only a little disturbed by a light wind. Mr. Slight says he distinctly saw the sides of a very large animal that he would suppose to be not less than 90 feet in length. Mr. Davis don't think he saw any part of the body, but is positive it must have been not less than 40 feet in length, judging by the wave it rolled upon both sides of it as it swam and the wake it left in the rear. It was going south, and all agreed it swam with a speed almost incredible to their senses. Mr. Davis says he never saw a locomotive travel faster and thinks it made a mile a minute easy. In a few minutes after the discovery of the first, a second one followed in its wake, but seemed to be much smaller, appearing to Mr. Slight about the size of a horse. A large one in all, and six small ones had southward out of sight. One of the large ones, before disappearing, made a sudden turn to the west a short distance, then back to its former track. At this turn, Mr. Slight says he could distinctly see it was of a brownish color. They could judge somewhat of their speed by observing known distances on the other side of the lake, and all agree that the velocity with which they propelled themselves through the water was astonishing. They represent the waves that rolled up in front and each side of them as being three feet high from where they stood. This is substantially their statement, as they told me. Mr. Davis and Slight are prominent men, well-known in this country, and all of them are reliable persons whose veracity is undoubted. I have no doubt they would be willing to make affidavits to their statement. There you have the monster story, so far as completed but I hope it will be concluded by the capture of one sometime. If so large an animal exists in this altitude and in so small a lake, what could it be? It must be something new under the sun, the scriptural text to the contrary notwithstanding. 
Is it fish, flesh, or serpent, amphibious and fabulous, or a great big fish, or what is it? Give it up, but have hopes of someday seeing it, if it really exists. And I have no reason to doubt the above statements. Here is an excellent opportunity for some company to bust Barnum on a dicker for the monster, if they can only catch one. Already, some of our settlers talk of forming a joint stock arrangement and what they can do to the business. I have already extended this letter beyond the limit I designed. The health of the people is good and everything satisfactory. J.C.R. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. And if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at alpinelakestravel.com, Wander and Wheaton Ranch, Miracles, I Told You So, Rick McGee at Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast, and Debbie Wanless will be saving a seat for you on the back row of, of the cultural. cultural hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the cultural hall show.